When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back rolling on the game. Good show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. And joining me now would be senior writer and content creator from Bluff City Media, Christian Fowler, on X at C. Fowler BC. And we also have a podcast that releases every single Tuesday at noon. That would be the On the Bluff pod. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Spotify, Apple, full-length video version is on YouTube. But Christian joins me now. Christian, what's the word? Brother, how are you? Uh, couldn't be more excited to be on the Gabe Coon Show on a Tuesday afternoon. Yes, okay. As, as we've done every every week now for about a year, right? Yeah, are, we, are we at a year yet? Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely. Easily at a year. Been doing the pod for, for over a year now. And and this is you, this, you know start? what's really cool about today, right? No, I did I didn't tell you. You're you're not familiar with what today is. Um, no, no, it's I'm the not. year anniversary for for the Gabe Coon show. So okay, so we have been. That's what I, that's what I, that's exactly what I was saying. We've been on ninety two nine for a year now. Together. You you were on even week one, huh? Yeah. I, okay. First week. Okay. All right. I am a Gabe Coon show OG. Yeah, I don't know if you've not, you may have missed a week bet, between now and or between then and now. I think yeah, it's but it's possible. not as cool. It's not as cool if we if we if we say that. Yeah, we'll but e- either way, happy year anniversary for your go. Tuesday spots. Like yeah, I always say, as is customary on a Tuesday, we bring on Christian Fowler. Yeah, it's we've beautiful heard that stuff. A lot. And it's Super Bowl week, so let's start there because I don't want to. I don't want to open up on um, you know what the perceived negativity around. Uh, around uh, Penny is right this second in the Tiger basketball program. So Super Bowl week, where you at? Where you at? Where's your pick at? Who, who do you like? Uh, what what matchups are you watching? Well, I said it last week. The 49ers are the better team on paper. said it two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game that the Ravens were a better team on paper than the Chiefs. But I just I can't find myself picking against Patrick Mahomes because we counted him out pretty much all year. Nobody was really beating the drum of the Chiefs are going to go win another Super Bowl or even go to another Super Bowl. Everybody, I feel like, felt pretty confident that the Chiefs more than likely weren't going to make it past the divisional round. An AFC championship appearance seemed unlikely for the Chiefs this year. But here they are in the Super Bowl, and in big games, the Chiefs perform on both sides of the ball. And also when it comes to Super Bowls, it's hard not to lean towards the better quarterback. And my, Patrick Mahomes clearly is the better quarterback in this matchup. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not going to pick against him. I'm not going to say that he's not going to win. So I just if, if, I, if I had to put all my eggs in one basket, I'm putting them on the Chiefs in this game. But I do think there are a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of interesting matchups. To me, the big one I, I think it's hard to ignore is Brock Purdy versus Steve Spagnuolo. And I know typically you'd say, okay, Brock Purdy versus 
Kansas City Chiefs defense or Brock Purdy versus Kansas City Chiefs secondary, but Steve Spagnuolo is a genius when it comes to scheming against quarterbacks. It is what he does. It is why he is still an NFL coach to this day. You look back at what he did 2007 against the Patriots, arguably the best team ever, uh, won every single game up until the Super Bowl. And what did Steve Spagnuolo's defense do? They really shut down that offense that was the best offense in league history up to that point. Obviously, still an argument can be made that they are. And then what he did, I mean, just a couple weeks ago in the AFC Championship game, the Ravens offense has been one of the best offenses in the league all year. Lamar Jackson is about to win his second MVP trophy. And what did Kansas City's defense do? They shut him down. They made him uncomfortable. So Steve Spagnuolo, especially in the playoffs as a defensive coordinator, has made his living by making opposing offenses look bad. And that's not something that's happened to the 49ers often this year, but we have seen chinks in the armor. We have seen times where this offense has looked out of sync, and they've come against some of the better defenses in the league. I I know sometimes we don't like to point back to the regular season, but you point back, I think it was week five or week six when they played the Cleveland Browns, who were the best defense in the league at that point in time and the Browns won that game and they really shut down San Francisco they really made Brock Purdy uncomfortable he did not look very good at all in that game and so in the few games this year where he hasn't played well it's been because opposing defensive coordinators have schemed well and made him uncomfortable and if there's any defensive coordinator in the league that's going to do that Steve Spagnuolo is at the top of that list and so I just to me that's a big matchup if Brock Purdy comes and he has an incredible game and somehow outdoors this defense and everything that Steve Spagnuolo throws at him, then the 49ers will probably win this game. But if he's rattled, if he's uncomfortable, if he makes bad decisions, then this is a game the Chiefs are probably going to win because you know more than likely what you're going to get out of Patrick Mahomes in that offense. So if they can stop or slow down the 49ers offense, then I just don't see any way the Chiefs don't win this game. And it's really about slowing down their their running game uh, because that's really where they make their make their money, and then they get into play action with Brock Purdy. If they can slow down that running game, limit Christian McCaffrey, they definitely have a good opportunity. Now, I I, I think it's kind of funny. We have seen Travis Kelsey in this situation, you know, four of the last six years, um, and and finally, it feels like people are are understanding, you know, his game. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about it this week. He doesn't really run routes. He just finds soft spots in the zone, and he sits down, and Patrick Mahomes and him have just such a good relationship that they understand each other. In your opinion, because this is like this is up for debate. Like I, I think it's, it's really hard to really put your finger on it, but like, how do you stop Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes from exploiting you? How do you make that happen? What facilitates that? Okay, well, I'll give I'll give the obvious answer, and then I'll go a little more in-depth on why I think it's so hard. The obvious answer is you get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and you speed him up. I agree. That way, Travis Kelsey isn't You don't have as much time to, to exploit those zones, those, those soft spots. Exa- exactly, because Travis Kelsey isn't someone that relies on extreme athleticism at this day and age in his career. He relies on that veteran, savvy experience, finding holes in the zone and making plays. The I guess the caveat to that of saying that that's easy is you look at some of the bigger catches that Travis Kelsey has made in big game moments. Just two that immediately pop into my head are the touchdown that is a touchdown that he scored uh, in the Super Bowl last year against the Philadelphia Eagles 
and then the touchdown that he scored against the Ravens, right? One-on-one with Kyle Hamilton, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah where uh, Kyle Hamilton just draped all over him, good throw, good catch, to open that game. Right. And so you look at some of these plays, and those are similar plays, and that's why I'm going there. If you, if you look at not only the routes that were ran, but where the, the touchdown happened, it was in the same uh, front corner of the end zone. Even if you do bring pressure, you do – you do leave Travis Kelsey one-on-one in that sense. And, yes, he's really good at finding zones and zone coverage, but he's also really hard to cover in man coverage. And they've made a living at beating man coverage together on those back shoulder throws and those throws to the end zone and things like that. So it, it really is a a tiered process of stopping those two. It's not just defeating them against zone coverage. It's also what do you do when they get one-on-one matchups and protection holds up more than likely you're going to lose that matchup because you have a guy that can place the ball better than any quarterback in the NFL, and then you have a a tight end in Travis Kelsey who understands his quarterback better than pretty much any other tight end or receiver in the NFL understands their quarterback and where he's going to place the ball on any given route in any given situation, situation, any given point of the field. So it's, it's nearly impossible if they are both on to stop them. Mm-hmm. Now, theoretically, I think when you look at the the Forty ers their their uh, their linebacking core should help with that, right? When you have Dre Greenlaw and you have Fred Warner, who are just all around great linebackers, they can cover, uh, they can they can be good in, in blitz situations. They're good at stopping the run. They could be theoretically helpful, but I, it's all theoretical when you're talking about those two, isn't it? It's just it, you just never know how it's going to look when you actually hit the field. Absolutely, because Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith are in you know difference of opinion, either the best linebacking core in the league or 1B to Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw's 1A, and they didn't have much luck. And he called for 111 right. yards in a TD. <laughs> right. right. So it, it, it's so hard to determine how to stop them or even in a bad matchup if it's going to mean much because we've seen time and time again throughout their careers, it really doesn't matter who they're playing against. It really doesn't matter what environment they're playing in. Uh, and that could mean, you know, weather, time of year, playoffs, Super Bowl, big game atmosphere, normal, you know, every regular season game. Like, they, they, they just come to play pretty much every week. And I know a lot of people are down on Travis Kelsey this year. He had, you know, his, his worst year in several years. But he's shown throughout these playoffs again that, hey, you know, he might be, you know, in the, you know, getting towards the end of his career in his mid thirties and it's all winding down for him, but he can still play. Yeah. He's still, he's still the best tight end in the game. He's probably, uh, in my opinion, at least the best tight end of all time. So even though he's not the player that he was four or five years ago, he's still one of the best players in the league. He's still probably the best tight end of all time. And in those big games, he can still beat pretty much anybody. It doesn't matter if it's the best linebacking core in the league in the Super Bowl. I'm still going to put my money on on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in those situations. Yeah, and he's I, I, like I'll even like clarify at least a little bit. I think he's the best pass catching tight end we've ever seen, um, just because yeah. of what he's been able to accomplish with Patrick Mahomes. And also, like when we look at the, these playoffs, he did pass Jerry Rice's reception record. So if we're in, in the which playoffs, which is nuts, it's absolutely nuts. But hey. We're here. I think uh, I think I'm on the Chiefs. You said you're on the Chiefs as well. Yeah. I, I, how do you how do you pick against them? Right. 
Right, I get you. I, 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 that's that's what I'll keep coming back to, and I, I, I kind it, of it's a Tom Brady effect. It's a Tom Brady effect exactly. too. I mean, exactly. that, that's and that's I, the level that Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team are on. And and I feel like we kind of were leaning Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, but and I don't want to speak for you, but I just feel like I we was. both kind of felt like okay, if this is the if they're going to do it, this is the time to do it. This is the year to do it, and I'm just not going to do that again because Baltimore. San Francisco, they're very comparable teams and their styles and what they do and just their overall talent on both sides of the ball. They're very comparable teams. And here we are again saying, okay, it, it would make sense if the 49ers win, but I'm just not going against that quarterback. You, right. you know, and it, it's just like we were talking about with Travis Kelsey. People have been down on him this year. They haven't talked as positively about him. There's been questions what's going on. The same thing's happened with Patrick Mahomes. You haven't had people that have been as excited or as on the bandwagon of Patrick Mahomes as they typically are, and his on-field performance wasn't as good this year. That's you know The numbers prove that. The optics prove that. But as soon as the, the bright lights came on and it was time, he has been the best quarterback in the league again. <laughs> like That's yep. just what he does. Like, and, and the comparisons to Michael Jordan started, I think, like his second or third year in the league. But truthfully, like he's the only he's the only player in sports really that you can say if you have him you can win every game and he can make every play in every moment and you're not going to be surprised. Yep. Literally if it is back against the wall got to have it 90 95% of the time maybe in his career He's done it. I mean, think about the well, first thir- time. Well, we had 13 seconds with the Bills, and we like it's just it's it's been consistent with him, right? And it's not just that. Think about his first first Super Bowl victory over the 49ers. Like the 49ers led for the majority of that game. The offense couldn't get anything going. You get backed up in your own territory. I think it was a third and 16. And what does he do? Drop back, fade away off the back foot, <laughs> finds Tyreek Hill down the field, and and they end up going. And I think Travis Kelsey scored that touchdown. And then they end up going and winning that game. When you need a big play, Patrick Mahomes is the guy to make a play. Yeah. He does not falter at all in the slightest in big game moments, and it's just hard to see him doing that this weekend. And and also something that is I uh, I don't think it hasn't really quite been discussed at, at at length. He's he's more healthy than he has been in these in these situations, these Super Bowl situations True. than in the past. He's usually had an ankle issue, something like that, heading into the Super Bowl. He does not have that at all. But we'll see how it all plays out. Coming up on Sunday, I want to transition to Tiger basketball. What do you think about the state of Tiger basketball right now? Um, they've lost four of their last five, but they did sort of right the ship at least a little bit against Wichita State. They came back uh, from 13 down at home in the last eight minutes. They ran with five guys out there. Um, it's it's the normal starting lineup of um, Javon Quinterly, David Jones, Jaquan Walton, Nick Jordan, but they did put in Naquan Tomlin instead of, uh, instead of Malcolm Dandridge. But what, what do you think about the state of Tiger basketball right now and, and sort of where they stand? I would love to be more positive coming off of a win, but it's it's really hard. And it's not only because they've lost four or five. It's not only because of the opponents that they've lost to. I mean, let's not, uh, let's not let a two-point win over Wichita State totally rinse our mouth of the fact that they just lost to Rice. Right. <laughs> I think that's uh, we, fair. We, uh, being short-minded is, is okay in sports, but you also have to read the room and read what – the team is telling you on the floor. And as you just mentioned, it looked like the same old, same old for 
the vast majority for 32 of the minutes with for 32 or 40 minutes they it looked like the same exact thing here we go again as you said they were down by 13 with eight minutes left and it felt like oh my gosh this thing we already kind of were like okay it's imploded but it was like okay they they actually just can't win a game like it, it it's not just they're going to go up and down like they just can't win a game and fortunately they pulled that out i mean uh, Feelings have to be a little bit better that they won that game than that they didn't, of course. But it's still hard to really pull a lot of excitement or positivity about the direction that this is going right now. I mean, this isn't a Wichita State team that's competing for anything. They're a 9-13 and 13 team that's, that's not very good. Uh, this isn't a Wichita State team that we've seen in the past that's very formidable and you know may get in the tournament, may not get in the tournament, but we know they're a solid team. This just isn't a very good Wichita State team for their standards. I mean, let's not forget a short time ago, I think it was a month ago, Memphis beat the same Wichita State team on the road by 26 points, which is their, their biggest win on on the year. So mm-hmm. I, I just – I don't know. It's hard for me to get excited or to pull a lot of positivity out of this game and, and where Memphis is right now. Because if I'm looking at the track record of the last seven to ten games, even though yes, there were wins in there, even those, you know, those close wins against UTSA and stuff like that, it, it's just hard to be positive and feel like this team is going to take a step in the right direction. Now, I absolutely hope that they do, and I hope that they figured something out over that last eight minutes that they can put forth into the rest of the season. But that's, I mean, I just have to be in a point right now with what I've seen. Got to be skeptical. That, that's got to that's be proven. Yes, 100%. Now, what do you think about rotations? Talk to me. <laughs> I, I, I think, and I said this on the podcast last night, you and I talked about it leading into the season and then through the first probably month or so of the season that if there was one thing that we had typically seen with the University of Memphis basketball program under Penny Hardaway that we likely wouldn't see this year, it would be a, a struggle and a difficulty with rotations. And that was because there's a clear, not there was, there is a clear hierarchy of this team. You have your veteran guys that were either brought in or your couple of holdovers from last year's team that were going to play all, all the minutes, not not the majority, all the minutes, and then you had a couple of freshmen and, you know, a transfer in Jonathan Pierre that we, we I think we saw relatively early on, okay, it, it, it's going to take a minute for him to adjust to this level of basketball. And if those guys were, were going to take some time, they were going to wait in the wings and, you know, you'd reevaluate this offseason and next year with what they could bring. Not that they don't have potential, but they're not on the same level as the players that were just brought in and a couple of holdovers from prior teams. So I just didn't think we would see a struggle with rotations. I, I wouldn't have believed that at all if you said Memphis was going 11 or so deep. Just because we knew who was who. We knew what Memphis had going into the year and even early on in the season. And then that, let's just talk about the Rice game where the starting lineup is changed, rotations are changed. I think you told me last night that there were 11 different players that played in the first 12 minutes. That, that is correct. That correct. That's correct, and that that just doesn't happen. That you don't you typically never have eleven players play in an entire game, much less in the first twelve minutes of a game. And so it's just very 
strange to me that we can go from such a clear pecking order and such a clear unit of guys that are going to lead this team to where they want to go to playing the entire roster two minutes after the halfway point of the first half. And so it's just, it's pretty baffling where it's gone over the last three to four weeks and how experimental it's become when we already have seen the proven product of what can work. Yes, we saw a ten-game winning streak with the the same starting lineup that I sort of that they finished the game with, minus Naquan Tomlin, and you add in Malcolm Dandridge. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.